2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that normally sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to to see which one does it better. But this week is a special triple threat week as three movies go head-to-head. Monday, we were welcomed to The Rock Listen, I'm just a
2: biochemist. I drive a Volvo. So what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack?
3: Thursday, we were welcomed aboard Conair.
1: I got your package. Those pink coconut things have made me quite popular. Met a guy just the other day, baby He sure does love him.
3: Which means today, we're being welcomed into the doctor's surgery as we find out what it's like... To take your face off.
0: (laughs) How is it that you know so much about Sean
1: Archer? Uh, Mm -hmm. I uh, sleep with his wife.
2: (laughs) 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 What?
3: So, once we kidnap
0: Super Cop, then what? I'd like to take his his face
3: we'll have a winner at the end of this show but which is the best film the rock con air or face off let's find out it's a clash of the titles triple threat special
2: Release the Kraken.
3: hello class butters no more drugs for that man <laughs> I'm Alex Zane.
4: I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm
3: Chris Tilly. And here we are, the end of a big week. Two films down, one to go. Before we decide on a winner, a reminder that all January, we are taking your suggestions for the films we pair. Clashpod is under your control. There is still time to get a suggestion in best to email us. Show at clashpod.com. Chris, who... Came in with these three fantastic movies as a triple threat week. Ben Ryan and Gary Bailey. Nice work. <laughs> ben Ryan and Gary Bailey. Thank you for these suggestions. Right then, let's do this. I cover the rock. Chris took us aboard Conair, which means Victoria is our guide through the wonderful world of Face Off. Victoria, take us on a journey.
4: After cackling bad guy, Castor Troy murders a child and is blasted into a coma by a jet engine, John Travolta's tough lawman, Sean Archer, uses his enemy's face to infiltrate a very scary off-the-grid prison system, sourcing intelligence about the location of a not-scary bomb. When having his face removed, magically revives Castor, and he assumes Sean's identity. The two men do brilliant impressions of themselves trying to be the other as Sean, as Caster, tries to get his life back, escaping from prison really easily, reminding his wife who he truly is by pawing at her face, then using mirrors and birds to confuse Caster as Sean, finally besting him after a thematically off but still great speed, bolt, water skiing sequence. Sean adopts Caster's child, healing the rift in his heart, or as a final fuck you to Caster, depending on your reading. You murdered my son, so I will steal yours. The end
3: Ooh, very good synopsis Thanks. yeah it's a good synopsis i mean i think you hit the really interesting nail on the head which is watching them do each other watching oh, yeah. two actors who do love a tick
5: or two <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: doing impressions
2: well, of each we'll other we'll get
5: into it but i would disagree i would say you're watching travolta do cage and you're watching cage do cage yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't bother changing anything Yeah,
3: he does look a bit more mournful and that's
5: about it.
4: (laughs) So uh, the history with this film, I have to confess, I'm so glad we're doing this film because I've seen this film so many, many times. It was just one of the uh, videos we had, student house, let's all stay in, let's smoke loads of weed and watch this film on a loop, basically. And I've seen it to to death and I love it very, very much because of that. Um, And the, the action's brilliant. Everything about it is brilliant. But what about you two?
5: I can remember seeing the teaser trailer in the cinema, probably before Conair, And it was, do you remember the teaser? It was very good where the camera is panning around. It was a proper teaser where it wasn't footage from the film. And the camera is panning around John Travolta's face while he gives a speech about who Castor Troy is and why he's trying to track him down. And then as the camera goes behind him, he says, I've figured out a way to track him. I will become him. And when the camera comes back around, it's Nicolas Cage's face. Yeah. And it was like, it just got you so jacked for the movie. Yeah. Um, so... I was up for it. I definitely saw this one in the cinema and I will say now that at the time this was my favourite of the three Okay. back in the day and then I watched it about 10 years later and I didn't like it as much but I'm not going to say how I feel about it now. Okay. But yeah, so I've been up and down on this film a little bit.
3: Yeah, I watched it on VHS, don't know when but do remember it being one of those huge epiphanies. Like, for me, this was like a forerunner in my like schooling of like really stylistic action because until The Matrix came out some of the shots in this like the the gunplay and the slow-mo I was like this is so beautiful this is action as a ballet mm. it's wonderful Well being a geek as well I, I was and still am No, I don't know if
5: you've noticed um, it was also this big deal about John Woo coming to America and making movies there and so everyone was excited because his, his previous work was so interesting and so different to to Western action films and then Hard Target mm. didn't really work. It Don't was, you dare say anything it, bad about Broken Arrow. It was fine. No, but Broken Arrow, it felt like, the, yeah, it, would, it didn't quite all come together. Like, it was a bit too, so when you talk about Con Air, Con Air is the right side of City. I think Broken Arrow is, might be the wrong side.
3: Yeah, I think there's some great stuff in Broken uh, Arrow. What
5: I mean is, I feel like this where it, is where it all Came together for him in terms of getting the action, the story, and the actors right. Certainly, in terms of box
3: office, this was a huge film. Huge.
4: Yes, <laughs> rightly so. Um, you still with us? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I know. I'm. I'm really excited. I'm just trying to get my thoughts together.
3: No, I was going to say. I was thinking maybe we should all have taken our faces off and done each other for this podcast
5: to
4: swap faces. Mm. I I would like to live as you for ten minutes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) If you could swap your face with anyone, who would it be? I don't know. Mm.
4: I'm quite. I'm. will come as no surprise. I'm quite egotistical, and I wouldn't. Don't really want to be anybody else.
3: Yeah. I mean, that feels like one of those questions that journalists throw into an interview and I go, I needed prep time for that. I can't can't just spontaneously (laughs) answer that question. That is a question that I want to go away and then think about.
4: And also come up with a funny answer, yeah. which is not the true answer. All right, we'll Very come back
3: We've got it now.
5: All
4: right, so a bit of background. Uh, this was written by Michael Kaleri and Mike Werb. It was a spec. Um, at the time, the market was obsessed with the next diehard. So the two of them were like, what can we do in that space? Mike Werb said that uh, a friend of a friend had been in a hang gliding accident and they had to remove and reconstruct his whole face, hmm. which got them thinking. They were kind of obsessed with the idea of a futuristic prison as well. And once the two of them had landed on the idea of the death of your child being the reason you would go into having your face swapped or taken off, because your motivation would have to be quite strong, then it all came together for them quite quickly. They said, quote, we didn't discuss it with our agent because we would be laughed out of the room, (laughs) which I quite like. Um, They wrote it with Arnie and Sly in mind for the leads. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, And it was set very much in the future in their original spec to help get them around the face-swapping technology. Mm. My favourite quote from them is on the DVD commentary where they talk about, you know, the larynx microchip. Mm. So they said they just put microchip as a placeholder and waited for John Woo to be like, sorry, a what? Because (laughs) that doesn't make any sense. But no one picked it up. And because the script is such a house of cards... There's a lot... I mean, there's so many reasons why it shouldn't work. The tech shouldn't work. Like, John Woo wanted to bring it more closer to our time rather than being set in the future. But the writers were on... Um, they were on set watching it, you know, be, like be filmed because everyone was so nervous. So if you pull on one of the threads, the whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. But they got so panicked. They were just like on set one day. They're like, everyone is going to hate this film. And one of the mics had tried to buy a house, but but put, like, pulled out of the deal because he's like, I'm not going to make any money off this. Like, we're done. We're absolutely <laughs> finished. Um, so it was optioned by Warner Brothers, but it didn't take off there. People didn't really get it. Uh, apparently one of the execs was like how will we do the makeup for the leads and they were like no you don't they don't they just are each other like you obviously don't get this Um, so it was going to be Rob Cohen directed uh, directing which didn't happen and then Marco Brambier from Demolition Man Mm -hmm. Um, now he wanted the leads to be younger and Paramount wanted Johnny Depp I don't know if this is true because I didn't corroborate it but it's funny if it is true apparently Johnny Depp thought it was going to be about ice hockey but it isn't so he left (laughs) (laughs) because a face-off is a thing in ice hockey. Anyway, I I wish that's true. Um...
3: (laughs) Start reading your scripts, Johnny. (laughs) Don't just read the title and go, sounds great. I'm
4: Yeah, Um, but John Woo had read the script when he was doing Broken Arrow with John Travolta. John Travolta wanted to do it and that brings Nicolas Cage back in. Like I said, John Woo takes out A lot of the futuristic stuff in order to concentrate on the characters. And a little fact I found out, which I thought would be something you liked, is there's a novelisation. Are you aware of this?
3: (laughs) Uh, In this instance, I am not.
4: Really? Yeah. I want to read you a line from the novelisation by Clark Carlton. From inside his pants, Archer felt a strange yet familiar sensation. He was sure that inside his boxer shorts, a thousand topless French women the size of ants were erecting the Eiffel Tower. There you go. Make
5: of that what you will. So, Vicky, have you read the novelisation and listened to the commentary?
4: No, I've neither read the (laughs) novelisation. I've lifted that quote from another interview. (laughs) And, no, I'm not going to reveal my sources. I was getting excited then. (laughs) No, I know.
3: That sounded like some brilliant face-off fan fiction.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Clark Carlton then went on to write a book called Prophet of the Ghost, Ants. So he loves Ants.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He does,
5: doesn't he? He really does.
4: He really loves Ants. Um... That is as much as I got. <laughs> any more for any more. me. It's funny, isn't it? Is. <laughs> the idea
3: of just crowbarring ants into any novel yeah. you write.
4: If you've got a thing. <laughs> they're,
3: they're, they're not real ants either, but they are imagining ants, yep. and uh, the ants they are uh, they're touching me and they're on my nipples, <laughs> but they're not real ants, but are they?
4: <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Um, would you like to talk about the film? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Girl dance? Yeah. Oh, no, talking about the film. Sorry. Yeah, brilliant. So, cold open, kill a child on a carousel, which is why this film is amazing. Yeah. So, first
5: question, why would you wait until they're on a merry-go-round before you shoot?
4: Fantastic question. Yeah. Also, there's a moment where Nicolas Cage, who at this point is bad guy, Castor Troy, pauses because he sees that his enemy, Sean Archer, John Travolta, hmm. is with a child better question is why the fuck else would he be on a carousel mm-hmm. unless he was with a child unless mm-hmm. he operates the carousel I
5: don't know I don't mind sometimes I'm, I just go down
3: the local fairground and ride the carousel on my own
4: but behind a child it's mm-hmm. not yours I don't,
3: I don't think this opening is sentimental enough uh, I think it could be more sentimental <laughs>
4: But I do think
3: that it's insane that uh, Nicolas Cage clearly doesn't want to kill the child. Yeah. And yeah, he can't see the child when he takes the final shot. And there is a line coming up, not 15 minutes from now, where Nicolas Cage says to John Travolta when they're facing off against each other, huh, we both know our guns. And yet he clearly does not know that gun he's firing because he doesn't realise it's going to go straight through Mm. John Travolta and hit potentially the child behind him.
4: True. Very good point. So, three minutes in, uh, Nicholas Cage is a priest now. Calls Handel a hack for writing the Messiah and feels up a picorister who is also a child. Yeah, that
3: was that's so weird because I, I I've now reached an age where I did not notice that ever before on my numerous watchings of this film. How young, yeah, that choir girl is, and this time round it mm-hmm. is quite uncomfortable viewing. Yeah, and the idea is that he
5: is like the best terrorist in the world. He's not behaving like a good terrorist no. with the
3: singing and the and the, and the grabbing of teenage butt and, and the uh, headbanging. Is
2: yeah, uh, that, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I can't decide genuinely that headbanging scene. It's either one of the greatest or one of the utterly worst cage moments ever. And I yeah. err on the side of greatest Banging's because yeah. it's so. Just, what are you doing?
4: Well, how do you feel about, and I'm surprised you've not mentioned this, but I could eat a peach for hours. No,
3: no. <laughs> like, we haven't that? got there yet. Has he said that yet? That's... He's about to,
4: I'm, I'm I'm racing through it. He's on the plane with an undercover agent of the law. We've met his brother. But we'll come back to Pollux. Um, and this undercover agent's job is to sit on his lap and he announces to her that she's just like a peach mm. and he could eat your peach for hours
3: yeah it's his big it's his thing it's uh,
4: his, yeah. it's
3: it is his it's his the game it's his chat <laughs> up line
5: i tried it over christmas a, Eating peach. a peach. yeah they go off quite quickly and about 45 minutes in you really don't want to go near it i don't know what he's talking about
4: <laughs> but it is funny when he's like where would i send flowers and then he says, oh, I can't remember, but then he sticks his tongue and he's like, he you you going really What would
5: you say if I let you suck my tongue? Oh,
4: but then he sticks his tongue out. Like, it's quite a, a potent line. I don't want to see your actual tongue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, 10 minutes in, massive fucking shootout. Uh, Castor's brother, Pollux, played by Alessandro Navolo. We should talk about his voice for a second. How do you feel about the voice that Pollux has? Love it. Do you?
5: I think Pollux is great. Well, it's better than his voice in Goal.
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs) That
5: shit Cockney accent he did.
4: I think, I don't know, I quite like his accent in golf. Yeah, we
5: disagreed about that on the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad I wasn't Um, here. I
4: like
5: his... I like his characterisation here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think think that with Caster Ties'
3: shoelace, I think that sums up quite a lot in a a very quick moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their brotherly relationship is very strong and very nice. Um, I mean, that whole runway chase is beautiful
4: yeah it's amazing
3: Um uh, but the um the bit where he drops the agent out of the play oh, yeah, and great. then just goes oops <laughs> it's fucking hilarious because
4: then, then we know he's not fucking around he's happy to like to leave a string of bodies but he loves his brother and that's his Achilles heel because otherwise it seems like he hasn't got an, an emotional in at all so it does it, that. those scenes do a lot of work but also with you know 10 minutes in and you've had a dead child and a massive shootout and then now Nick Cage is going to be blasted into a coma mm. by a jet engine yeah I mean amazing. I mean Pollux
3: is clearly there I mean you, you do we all understand that Pollux is there because it's he is going to die he has dead meat tattooed on his head. <laughs> he's a pawn mm.
4: yeah um so let's talk about john travolta's life
3: well let's talk about john travolta uh, immediately knowing how to operate the control panel for a giant jet engine which is a bit like i mean it's a great moment and really in this film i should you really be to quote you pulling at any string whatsoever (laughs) but he does just sort of go oh it's one of these that i've seen a billion times that'll do it yep i had no problem with that
4: (laughs) so we meet eve who is sean's wife played by john allen we need a tell here, which will become important later, which is how you're gonna how you're gonna establish who is who. So Sean and Eve have this cute thing where he drags his hand over his <laughs> face. But this is how much I've changed. When I was watching this film on repeat, and I haven't watched it since I was about 21, 22, I thought that was so romantic and like quite sexy and like, oh the gods, you guys. And now I would be like, mind my fucking eyes <laughs> when you do that so thing. But well, it wouldn't work brother... for me
3: and you with our glasses, would no. it? Me and my little brother had a thing where, where just before one of us went too far and it turned into a little fight when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I used to hold my fingers as close to his eyes as I could without <laughs> touching them and go, "But I'm not touching you, so you can't actually do anything." Ah, <laughs> uh, shame, Poor James. shame. What are you going to do, Shame.
5: That's so
4: annoying. Uh, it's, real, it's really
5: annoying. But when I see this, I'm like, I'm like, I'd I be like, get out of way from me. Yeah. But also, in a time of COVID now, it's even worse watching people just. Fingering other people's faces.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, well, nothing's worse than the expression "fingering a face."
4: No, a um, little bit of plot. We learn, even though that uh, Sean thinks Caster is dead, there's a bomb that's going to go off. And I think this could be fatigue from watching The Rock and Conair be- possibly, yeah. which we've
5: all felt. Mm. Yeah, but <laughs> then week. they're
4: like, they're quite. To me, they're quite coy about what the bomb will do. So someone's like, "Oh, this bomb's going to go off and it will destroy everything within a square mile radius." Well, I think if, you, mm, if, you, if okay. you want a
3: bomb to sound quite scary, uh, you use the uh, turn of phrase "a biblical plague." Yeah, cool. which is like, okay, I, I get that. I remember the plagues and the Bible. so this is bad. Yeah. Say, say, dirty bomb.
4: Yeah. They're the ones, yeah, aren't but they? Still, but then oh, they're all, they to me, they I pull back a bit from it. Filthy. Like, and if it goes off, the effects will be slightly worse than Gulf War Syndrome, which I've kind of forgotten what that is. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you didn't touch on uh, his daughter, we uh, who we do meet as well. And I only mention her because uh, I think we have a contender uh, for second place after Maggie Grayson taken for the most... <laughs> rid- the ridiculous fucking run yes. when she has a little tiff with John Travolta <laughs> and she runs away. I'm like, oh shit!
4: But it pays off because when she runs back at him, we'll get the I the- immediately thought of you and Maggie Grace in that lollipop, like hey! all limbs. What is it if it's like you are meant to be the teenage daughter of this man? You just can't. Also, run Hollywood anymore.
5: films of this period, if you, if you wore a bit of black eyeliner, oh yeah, that was it.
3: That you were a
4: villainous your life goth. Was over. Yeah. Right.
5: Yeah. I just
3: wonder whether there is a, a, a certain running trainer who deals with it. if you're playing a teenage daughter. You Go to this one running trainer and he's just terrible and he's like it's all limbs. Yeah. It's all limbs. <laughs> Try if and get your
4: legs as far to the side <laughs> as you can.
3: Here, watch this video of a baby giraffe. That is what you're going for.
4: <clears throat> so the idea of a covert op involving a face transplant is sold into Sean, John Travolta, at this point, and he's not keen. And I love the scene where they're like, look, if you do this, you can't tell anyone about it. And he's like, okay, let me just get this straight. You're asking me to break the law, betray the people I love by keeping them in the dark. And he never once says, you're asking me to rip my fucking face off and put it in a fucking jar? Are you yeah.
3: mad? Yeah, it, do- it, it does feel, that whole bit, because they emphasise it so much, does feel a little bit like we need you not to tell anyone about this, including your wife, uh, because we need to make this movie last two hours, 15 minutes. <laughs> if you tell anyone, it's going to severely reduce that runtime.
4: Yep. So we get to the scene where the face is cut off and it's brilliant and it looks amazingly realistic. And John Woo is really good at being sort of, again, quite coy with the shots. So you don't see this like bloodied skull, but you will see that a little bit later on. The other thing I was thinking is you've got, the body of Castor, the body of Sean, if I was Sean, I'd be like, can you take his face first to make sure this technology works? Why are you dicking around with a laser on my chin?
3: So, two things. Uh, First of all, uh, the Doctor uh, is, I love the actor, Colm. I don't know how to pronounce Fiore. Fiore, is that right? Yeah. yeah, he is great. He's in one of my favourite sci-fi movies, which I'm going to get lambasted for, Chronicles of Riddick. I love that film. <laughs> Plays the master commander in that, I think he's called. But I watched The Perfect Storm, the Stephen yeah. King miniseries over Christmas, and he's uh, the bad guy in that. And then I just happened upon uh, an article recently that that is Stephen King's favourite Adaptation of his own work for TV. Really? The Perfect Storm. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, he wrote it for TV. But the other thing is, so the doctor makes a point of going, It's this is a great match, by the way. Same eye colour, same skin pigmentation. I mean, we won't go into the fact you're entirely different builds, no. but let's just gloss over that. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: And also skin pigmentation and eye colour are two things you can change right now, cosmetically. Like, I can do that in the next 10 <laughs> minutes. Like, it's not a big deal. I
3: couldn't help... And it kind of spoiled it for me because the scene in itself that I'm going to reference is so funny. But whenever they talk about like the face-off scene in this, I just think of the movie Spy and Jason Statham where he goes, why don't you put me in the face-off machine that I know you've got and just give me a new face?
4: <laughs> and you're like, oh my God.
3: What's the deal with their dicks as well?
4: Yeah, because they do have sex with, yeah. well, some, John Allen has sex with someone. Well, I think the, do you doctor, think they,
3: the doctor gives them a bag of a thousand ants. And they,
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> they use that to raise the Eiffel Tower. Because then it had me thinking about the actor's dicks. What? And I imagine that John Travolta's <laughs> has more girth and probably a big dimple.
4: You think uh, Nick Cage is very narrow. Yes.
3: I think Nick Cage's dick has his own face on the end, doing the scary Nick Cage eyes with <laughs> teeth going... <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'd like... That. Uh, why not
3: suddenly it's gone from Chris being weird for even thinking that to you being weird for wanting a dick with a face on it
4: Nicolas Cage is very specific <laughs> not just anyone oh yeah, yeah sure yeah. sure.
3: If, if Nicolas Cage dropped his trousers if, if things happened you were at a party Nicolas Cage was there and he dropped his trousers and his face was on his dick but, oh, you'd do like is. cool cool cool
4: Yeah, I have it's no problem yes. with that <laughs> so, I wouldn't yeah. even gasp yeah thank you for getting my consent if they,
3: if they did the op halfway through he'd be
5: dickless cage <laughs>
4: thought of that oh that's not bad um so, <laughs> up, yeah. so the, the face thing has worked so we get some good some great face acting <laughs> throughout oh, yeah a lot, the, a lot, it's a lot of good face acting um there's an issue with the voice so then we get the larynx microchip nonsense and the doctor says to oh, I'm gonna refer to Sean as castor to try and keep us understanding where we are to Sean as castor this larynx microchip, a sneeze could dislodge it. And you think, I bet that comes back later. Weird. No, it fucking Weird doesn't. That it
3: never, ever <laughs> comes back. I think there's one bit at the very end where briefly... Yeah,
5: the end, yeah. The end, the end, the end of the voice comes yeah, out. But the,
4: the amount of action that the two of them have seen up to that point, if a sneeze can dislodge yeah. it... and, the, and the You point, don't
3: see them sneeze, though. True.
5: But
4: the
3: right place to do it is the, the drug party at his yeah. accomplice's house. That's when he should accidentally knock it and somehow be, be able to put it back in place. But for a brief moment, yeah. he, everyone's like, like what, killed. did you just do Sean's voice? and he's like no yeah. Awesome. that would be great um, there's a bit where he's with his wife uh, Joan Allen and uh, he, she touches his scar the scar with a bullet passed through his chest mm. and she says look the, the, the scar won't move but it will heal if you let it <laughs> and I was like you're a fucking doctor <laughs> I, I don't think it can I don't think scars <laughs> heal Joan Allen the doctor <laughs> I, think, I think that's the famous thing about scars oh, what sort of doctor <clears throat> are you
4: it's got tissue. They fade,
3: they fade. They don't heal, though. They're always still there. Mm. Anyway, it's been there for six years. That's how long it's been. Because earlier on, he goes, when he thinks that Castor Troy's dead, he comes in and he goes, I'm, just, I'm so sorry about the last six years. And you're like, oh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a long time to be a shit.
4: Yeah, I thought that. He's really put his family through it. Yeah. Like, she's right to be pissed mm. off. Um, so, Sean as Caster, or... How, how so Nicholas Cage as John Travolta but he's still Nicholas Cage gets to a very still futuristic looking prison with the metal boots and he needs to convince people um, and his brother no less that he is Caster and no one is better at gradients of Nicholas Cage than Nicholas Cage so when he gets into a fight in the cafeteria and he's laughing and then sobbing and he needs to get stuck in but he doesn't want to because he's really Sean Archer that scene is so brilliant yeah I mean the
3: whole prison scene does feel like John Woo has gone. We're not going to do this in the future. We're going to do it in the Hmm. real world. But I'm gonna keep the prison yeah. in the in the future because that's fucking cool with magnetic boots and this dystopian image of deer on the wall. Yeah, it, that that prison feels like a sci-fi movie for
4: definite. It doesn't feel like anything that actually exists. There was a scene that didn't make it because it was too expensive to do, which we will sort of come on to, But they, he was going to escape underwater because obviously it's in the middle. You find out it's in the middle of the sea, but mm. it was too expensive, so it just you got this rubbish escape. And instead. it's
3: called Ear One, the prison, which is nowhere backwards. Yeah,
4: which is so annoying. That's so weird that they Shined. cut the
3: underwater scene. In that, for the him jumping off with the helicopter thing, because yeah. in The Rock, Michael Bay uh, was facing a $60 million lawsuit briefly when he walked off the movie because Disney wanted to cut the underwater sequence from really? The Rock where they arrive at The Rock. Why? Uh, being money. Oh. Money. they were like you can't have that scene so he walked off and they were like we're going to f- f- 60 yeah, million he was like you can have it I'll come back so
4: they do, One of despite my love for this film I think one of the opportunities it misses is with Pollux so Caster is with Pollux and Pollux just straight up doesn't believe the man in front of him is his brother why That's would he away. he's
5: like he's, a, he's face off he's done a face <laughs> off he's clearly done a face <laughs> off
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: he's really struggling because this could be the best episode of faking it ever but
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> he's, he's really messed it up
4: I don't I just think it's a shame that you don't get Pollux in on it and then he can be betrayed later. He's just straight away like, prove to me you're, I'm, you're my brother. And it's like, but I look exactly like your brother. So, uh, anyway. Um, and Thomas Jane turns
3: up and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. crazy. I've n- mm. never noticed him before. Need though. a hair cap?
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in hospital, it turns out having your face removed can wake you up from a vegetative state, which is handy to know. And if you um, want to stick a cigarette into the bleeding mush of your skull... And look, there's John Travolta's face just why right did, next to you. Why do they leave the other face out? <laughs> oh, no. It's very tempting, isn't it? Oh, and next to a pa- not a but, payphone, a I, just, I would
3: have thought you put it in a fridge. Yeah, <laughs> it's in some special, it's in some special fluid.
5: Every face-off <laughs> operation I've seen, they put it in a fridge
3: afterwards. <laughs> this whole scene though, where Nicolas Cage screams and he touches, like you can't see his face yeah. in the scene, he touches it with his two fingers and pulls back, and there's just blood on them. And the bit on the phone and the screen, it's it's a great scene. It's good. It's quite Joker, though, I think, from 89 Batman as well.
4: Yeah? Yeah. But then you get, so then you do get to see the sort of bleeding mush in the reflection of the Doctor's glasses, which Mm. is
3: really, really good. It's made even better because you've got the bleeding face in the glasses and the Doctor says, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) It's like Nicolas Cage is like the audience is going... I mean, we, we do that. We, do, we, we fucking know what he wants and we've seen the trailer for the movie. But yeah. obviously you don't. Nicolas Cage goes, take one goddamn
4: guess. <laughs> it's so brilliant. Now, so Sean as castor, played by Nicholas Cage, just to remind you, decides to escape from One, Um So just does, basically, which is a bit lame. Um, he's just like, I'm just going to get out of here.
3: There's a lot of convenience because that guy who, the only guy that Pollux told him about, they had a history, like he slept with his wife yeah. and his daughter or something horrible. Yeah. And he's the guy who's in the room where they remove the boots at the same time. And he
4: just sort of apologises.
3: Yeah, I didn't do that, by the way. That was a lie. He's like, <laughs> let's get out of here together. <laughs> Teammate. Pals.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um this prison so when when finally Shawn cast caster has broken out of prison he's on a sort of oil rig he could be literally anywhere mm. but he jumps off and then he swims a bit oh look he's in la that's mm. handy
3: which is good yeah but that the, again talking about stylistic action and yeah you, you know you know i've got a thing about slow motion and helicopters but that bit where he leaps and because the helicopter on and his little the helicopter peddling. comes into shot from above and it's like him and the helicopter i'm like
4: it's really oh. good and he goes on forever mm. Uh, but it's brilliant. But so,
3: who's really in prison here? Nicholas Cage as like like Sean Archer, trapped in prison, or Castor Troy, the good time guy, having to live in suburbia. Yeah, look at this place. I may never get a hard on again, <laughs> even with the help of ants. <laughs>
4: Oh my god, that's why. Yeah, that makes sense now. Speaking
5: of when he sees uh, the daughter for the first time, oh, or, or, or more to the daughter, if you see your dad smoking for the first time, does that make you want to bang him immediately? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what this film implies.
4: He does admit it doesn't. Oh, we
5: smoke. Oh, actually, I've
4: never looked at my dad it's like this. Deeply uncomfortable because she's in her knickers and he reaches around her to get oh, something. She's, she's- Oh, they reach around, yeah. The, but he does, and he, he sort of brushes past their <laughs> bum. And rather than being like, "Oh my god," like she's like, "Dad," like no. it's just, not, it's not it's, right. It's
3: that whole scene, I've I've written down. This scene is weird, really weird. <laughs> it's, it's and really it's weird. also there's one of like the like affectations doesn't really work. Where he sort of leaves the room and like he's sort of like smoking. He's like, "You're going to see a lot of changes around here." Cool. And Then he goes, "Papa's got a brand new bag." And you're like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!"
5: Awful. Well. Yeah, you can't have him say that just after the songs played in the background as well. It's that's overkill. But um but he I mean but he is a better
3: father and a better husband.
4: Yeah, yes. and a better shag. He's definitely a better shag. Yeah, a
3: better cook as well. That feast he lays out is incredible.
4: They've got a thing for candles. So in in the rock, when Nicholas Cage is leaving and he's having sex with his girlfriend on the roof, there's fucking too many candles. I would be so nervous if that. If
3: you're ready to, if you're like, let's have sex now, and you go, yeah. hang on, let me just got get blow let, out. <laughs> let me, oh, no, let me get the matches. We need to light them. That takes even longer. Yes. And I need those long matches so I don't burn myself. But
4: again, it's a sign of how much I've changed. When I saw that at 22 I was like that's great that's sexy let's go but now I'd be like we are not doing anything until every single flame is out because I can't relax yeah
3: this that is that is um, literally the the Michael Bay roof terrace of like that is that Michael Bay has gone this is this is where people make love in my yeah, films yeah, on roof terraces life. with lanterns in fact I will not make love without a lantern <laughs> or 200 but I have someone to light them for me I give them a sign I go there's going to be love making have you had sex with Michael Bay?
4: <laughs> I think he... Yeah, that was. he said that before. That's why he likes Armageddon so much. Um, so, Sean as Caster, played by Nicolas Cage, he's now reconnecting with his old buddies and he takes a load of drugs, which seems like a bad idea. And he doesn't really... He's the boss, so... They're like, hey, boss, have some drugs and he could go, No, I'm all right. But
3: it's not because it's his special like we see it once already on the runway. Oh, his it's box. his special yeah. box of fun. His and if he's gonna yeah. pass himself off as Castor, there is no fucking way Castor <clears throat> Troy is not gonna get
4: fuck up. Yeah. So then we see Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta, playing Nicolas Cage, becoming more like Nicolas Cage, I think. Is that right? Because he's bent off he's like his mind's all bent on these drugs and he's kinda of slipping between the personas. And he's
3: like I want to take his face off.
5: So they, they say the title a few off. times here, well, don't no, they?
4: Apparently in the script, the mics wrote it. Don't repeat that line. You don't need to. It's called Face Off. Let's say it once. Mm-hmm. But on the day of shooting, Nicolas Cage was like, I would like to do this 20 times. It's Cassavetes
5: so who keeps saying it as well, isn't it? Yeah, he yeah, does,
4: says, yeah. has got, got no reason you to
3: You mean you want to take his, his face off? His face off? His face His <laughs> face off? His face yeah. off?
4: So apparently... Um, Nicolas Cage is standing said this in an interview and I've forgotten his name which is disrespectful but they're doing it like 20 times and each time Nicolas Cage is getting more and more hysterical and the mics are on set and they said they were worried that Paramount would change the name of the film because he'd made it stupid (laughs) because he just wrecked it
5: I don't You. I mean imagine trying to change the name of this film (laughs) we've got the perfect there's been no more perfect name in the history of cinema head swap (laughs) it's a synopsis and it's a pun and it's got double
4: meaning and it's, it's so much. Going no on. one wants dick swap, so
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I still think faking at the movie, would
4: yeah, be quite good. Uh, but I do like the bit where he nearly shoots himself in the mirror because obviously he can't concentrate, and that's uh, you know, and mirrors are a big part of this film uh, for yeah. obvious reasons.
3: I like it when you're never really clear what drugs people are taking. I it, was and, it's desperate, it's desperate, yeah. isn't it? it I thought de- he took disprint. It's so weird. It's like drugs that come in a tablet form that you then dissolve into yeah. water. Like, what's on earth are these? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's
5: definitely it's
3: bizarre. like the drug that Gary Oldman takes. And just before he kills everyone in the apartment in Leon he pops that pill and then he puts his head
2: back and oh, he's yeah. like cracks. there's some cracking happening and you're like
3: what is that what yeah. drug is that it you've, not not just, that fun. <laughs> you've just invented a 90s drug that <laughs> <laughs> people go it, honestly 90s movies took such liberties with drugs uh, uh, good
1: <laughs>
5: I want to take all of those drugs if I'm honest uh, let's take
3: a break
0: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
4: This week on Stakarnov. Throughout January, Clash of the Titles are letting you pick the films being battled out on air. Already binged your way through Netflix during lockdown, listeners Alex, Vicky, and Chris rediscover and tear apart old and new favourites alike, week in, week out.
5: I like that here, though, that Michael Bay starts as he means to go on. I made a list of sort of Bayisms from this sequence uh, low angles, lens flare, dry ice, washed out colours, military hardware, men marching, orchestral score, guitar riffs.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or if you're looking for some much needed escapism, and to catch up with the Abroad in Japan podcast. Chris was recently joined by
5: Joy, the Anime Man to discuss mastering conversational Japanese. That's a really interesting topic, bat-channeling, which where is, is where you, th- you kind of go, oh, huh? mm. Mm. oh that, no. mm, mm. In Japanese, if you don't do the mm, mm, every now and then, then people just think you're not listening or you're ignoring them.
4: All that and a whole lot more. At Sakanoff.
5: Why are they beaming um, footage of Archer on the news into prison? The first Good time question. we're in the prison, they're showing <laughs> nature stuff, I guess, to keep the, the inmates calm. Next time, this
3: bloke who's put half of you in here, yeah. let's show him celebrating on the telly. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. I also, while I kind of like it, it's the bit where he's in the prison where he's trying to save the guy, the guy who's helped him escape, and he's sort of holding on to him. And it's like he is putting his family, I mean, how long would you hold on to that guy? Because he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Because he's Sean Archer, and he doesn't want to let this guy die. And this guy has helped him, but this guy has also just killed a lot of security guards and is a bad man. Mm-hmm. And you're just a bit like, he could get caught. Yeah. By doing just
4: hold on to him. And for I, long. I think.
3: I actually think it would be a strangely powerful moment if he'd sort of gone, I can't help you. Like, you know, he'd realised that he wasn't going to be able to help him. It's a bit of a grey area. He thought he was going to fall, but he's the one, like, he pulls his arm away mm. and goes, I'm, I've got to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's good. Save that for your change. <clears throat> yep, thanks. I'm just writing it in there. Because uh, my change is shit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, back with Caster as Sean, John Travolta. He saves his daughter, Jamie, not Janie, Uh, from a rape which is nice touch Um,
3: dress up like Halloween and ghouls will try and get in
5: your Mm. pants which
4: she rightly says you were trying to blame me for this (laughs) type casting as well
3: because that actor Danny
5: Masterson who is now being done he's he's facing up to 45 years in prison he's quite a famous actor in America child star yeah for um, sexual assaults oh
4: great Jesus Christ I think, I love that scene. It's one of the scenes I remember the most from the repeat watching in my 20s. Mm. But I think it would have, for me, maybe if her, I think her real dad, John Travolta, as Sean Archer, would have done the same thing because we see him kicking the shit out of all the suspects earlier on. So he wouldn't have reacted in a different way Mm -hmm. to Nicolas Cage. It's
3: all about the dialogue, though. Would he have come up with as funny lines as the Halloween and ghouls Mm. will get in your pants and then after he's finished it and smashed the guy up and she's run inside, he goes... I am the king. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have said
4: that. No, he wouldn't. I just I think, just, yeah, it would have hit home more if there was a nicer contrast. Like her dad was a bit lame and he didn't ever really help her or believe her or whatever else. Um, but I still love it. And then we've got a big shootout scene between Castor and Sean and all of Castor's buddies, Mm -hmm. um, and a hallway of mirrors, which handily is there. And we do meet uh, we
3: meet Castor's ex girlfriend, I want to say, and her son Adam, who is looks a little bit like, or weirdly like Michael, identical, really. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I did go. Is that the same kid? Because that would ruin. There's too many face swaps in this. Have they put Michael's face (laughs) on Adam's face? Yeah. Did they put I mean, him through the face-off mission? Oh, my God, that would have been a better ending if at the end he'd kept his dead son's face Jesus. and put it on oh oh, that's that's You've spot my change. <laughs> um, that, um, that gunfight set to somewhere over the rainbow, though. Oh,
4: oh. I love
5: it. Well, that was the famous thing at the time. That was like, oh, John Woo's done this scene and it's somewhere over the rainbow and it's like no one would think to do this in America. And it's true, like, he, you know, his brain works differently and it's, it's, it's. I mean, there's a lot of unnecessary deaths in that scene.
1: Yeah.
5: Uh, I'm not sure if our hero is being that heroic there. Um- he,
1: he
3: is. He protects. He doesn't kill anyone mm. himself. And in fact... He goes out of his way to save some people in particular. But he could team them. up with the cops, but he's sort of making it about the kid.
5: But really, is it about the kid or is it about revenge and a bit of self preservation happening there as well?
4: And the kid gets passed around a lot. Like, if the kid, I think, I like, I like Gina Gershon's uh, uh, character. I like that she gets stuck in and she's a, she's a baddie, so she's going to help with the shootout. She really
5: likes her brother, doesn't she? she she's okay. very close to her okay, brother. Okay, uh,
4: Which is weird. <laughs> but. I
3: don't see how he could have teamed up with the cops because he looks well, like not- Castor Troy. Well, so sacrificed then- himself. That's what I mean. But and then, but then he, but you've always got to remember that in if doing the right thing in any circumstance like that is going to leave Castor Troy as with his face mm. and his wife and daughter doing horrible, horrible mm. things to them. So he's got. It is. It's about him. He has to escape and let people know like that he is yeah I'm just saying he's out, doing so. it
5: for himself I think more than out of any act of selflessness mm.
4: yeah there's some nice um, dialogue like they do really build on the father and son thing so when Adam when the shootout starts and they get Adam's headphones so he can listen to his song there's, it's just a really sweet line but um, Sean as Castor says to him how did you get to be so brave or something like that like you can like, you can do this I just thought that was so lovely like mm. that's the sort of thing that makes me cry it's really sweet um,
3: and the bit where the Pollock's Troy Gets dropped through the window. Yeah. And, and then. The guy goes, sir, why are you so upset? It's just Pollock's Troy. And kills him. And kills him, shoots him in
4: the head. Shoots him dead. Uh, meanwhile, Eve is finding out more about what's actually going on. She takes a blood sample from the person she believes to be her husband.
3: I'd argue there's an easier way than stabbing <laughs> someone with a massive pen in the middle of the night while they're asleep. That I, I sleep deeply sometimes. That would wake me the yeah, fuck I, up. Yeah. I wasn't expecting her to do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so she runs it through a machine and the machine should say... Uh, you definitely can't have a face transplant because your blood types are different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't, so that's fine. And Sean, her husband, who looks like Nicolas Cage, apologises and tells her the one story that would convince her that underneath Nicolas Cage's face is actually, is actually
3: Sean, her husband. So when he starts this story and he goes, I-, I once took a date to a surf and turf. Uh, like, I'm like The way he says it, I once took a date to a, a surf and turf, I'm like, I think you really should be talking about a date with Joan Allen at this point. <laughs> I thought he was talking about another date. Like he was just telling some anecdote from his past. Oh,
4: okay. And then he's like, oh, and, you, and she broke her tooth. and <laughs> We drove around all night. And I was like, that's sweet. I think
5: you're supposed to think that though. You're wondering where he's going with this story and okay. why he's telling it. And okay. then it's like, because oh, I felt the same and,
4: All it made me think is, what story would you tell your partner to convince them it was you? And I think if you've been in that marriage as long as they have, or whatever, it wouldn't be this sweet thing. It'd be like, the last time I saw you, the washing machine wasn't fucking working. And you promised me blah, blah, blah. Something like, I was like, that's really cute. But it wouldn't play out in real life like that.
3: There's another bit to that scene as well. Because obviously, Joan Ellen and Castor Troy have slept together at at, at this point. and, And she says... To you know, uh, to uh, Sean in Nicolas Cage's body, we've been living together as man and wife mm. now for a week. Basically, going, we have we've boinked, yeah, uh, we boinked more than once. Uh, it feels like yeah. in, in that sentence, and he says, "I put you in that position, and I can never make it up to you," which is the best fucking answer she could have hoped for in that situation. <laughs> she must be on cloud nine. She's like cool because I thought there was going to be some comeback to that <laughs> I thought you were going to be like it's only been a fucking week and we didn't sleep together for two months that's true
4: <laughs> his, dick,
5: his dick doesn't make anything like yeah.
4: how many ants did you have to use it brought up a lot of emotions to me because I was like "You shouldn't. she shouldn't have to apologise for that because she's like oh I realised the truth oh I better get this out of the way um, I have shagged him so
5: you wouldn't be apologising you'd be like i I've I, done it fuck you your fucking uh, fault yeah, yeah. yes
4: you did put me in that position yeah, yeah. and, and be, then I got- you need
3: some work doing in the bedroom because this guy is shit hot also, you just lie
5: there it just
4: made me feel inadequate because she's like we've been living together you know it's been a week so it's like you've definitely had sex so you're the sort of people that have sex at least once a week so I was <laughs> like oh shit it's a lot not that's it? a no- yeah I mean lot. it's too much it really is too much she's like we've been together for six months so we've had sex once I'd be like I get that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get anything else done <laughs> you're busy um, so then there's a funeral for Sean's boss Uh, Which is going to take us into a church. Which really, the important thing is, we're going to get to the birds. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a beach
5: church. Yeah. Um, Considering
3: who he is, as well, it's quite poorly attended. So weird. It's (laughs) it's such a low key ceremony. I was like, are they not allowed thirty or more people at a funeral? Yeah,
5: you'd be having. Wouldn't you be having people with guns fired in the air and American flags? Like this was a chief of police.
4: Yeah, in a big cemetery, and it feels a little bit like a disused church the number of <laughs> pigeons wandering around there's also the seagulls like, i love john woo's birds and i love doves but i do not like seagulls and when the kids like steps onto the beach it's like the seagulls everywhere i'd be like this is a nightmare an absolute nightmare uh, a massive shootout john allen hits someone with a fucking chair that's how bad things get everyone's getting shot she's like whack chair um eventually
3: I love the way John Travolta though, and he's done it before, but you really know it's in this scene. The way he stands like a cowboy, like yeah. with his little hand on his gun, on his belt there. Just love John Travolta.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh uh, wait! So John Travolta, who is cast of Troy, sort of in the everyone's in the shootout. So Jamie is present, which is important because she's going to get grabbed by the person she thinks is her dad, mm. and then the knife that he gave her when he told her, if some sleaze ball like that guy in the car tries that again, you stab him in the leg and then you twist it to so that the wound won't close. And every time I see this film, the minute she stabs him in the leg, I'm like jumping out of my chair, like a payoff like that. I fucking love I don't know how she had the confidence to do it because I think she still thinks that's her dad at that point I'm not sure I mean I know he licks her face but he's already grabbed her ass so I don't see (laughs) what difference that makes but I I love a payoff like that Um, and then we just get to this ginormous and it's great to look at but it's a bit like "Mm, why speedboats would would you
5: know what the original ending where it was supposed to take place no Uh, (laughs) in in the White House (laughs) no (laughs) Uh, in a mirror factory.
4: <laughs> Are you <being> <laughs> yes. I would love that. Yeah,
3: I mean, you just can't. You can't. Why not? It's so confused. It's such a confused... Like, I get confused sometimes, like sort of working out why, like who's who, even though you know who's who. Yeah. It's like watching them play the other and it's then remembering... It's too
5: convenient. It's also too convenient having face-off ended in the mirror factory, isn't
3: it? Sure. Uh, I, um, I, I just... I, yeah. cool. No, I agree. I think it would. And we've already done the mirrors thing. I know. In the... In the little uh, somewhere over the rainbow shootout, I actually don't like speedboat chases. I wrote, I wrote, I hate speedboat chases. Uh, I just like there's not there's something about just sort of big open expanses of water and going fast along them. Mm. It doesn't have the same appeal as a really well shot car chase. Well, you have got one great stunt where a guy jumps from one speedboat to the other, but you don't need the other five minutes. I don't think. No, I actually so, well, I changed my mind halfway through, and it's the bit where the speedboat goes through the other boat yeah. and comes out the other side exploding. I'm like actually John Woo you're allowed your speedboat chase it is
4: amazing to watch and what the stunt coordinators have done is incredible mm. yep. but then thematically um, Sean Harpoon's caster and it's like that's that's just fish it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> work does it like,
3: but then he's got that broken bit of glass and yeah. he's trying to <laughs> cut his own face yep. off so he so Nicholas Sean Archer will have to look like Castor Troy for the rest of his life.
4: But then the thing is, you've just undergone the world's most advanced face swap technology. Mm. So a little scar probably isn't <laughs> a big deal, is it? Yeah. But whatever. Um, and so then you get to the end. So interestingly, the ending that was written is the ending you see, but it wasn't the ending that was shot at first. So nothing happens to the little boy. It just ends. Um, I think probably just after the, you know, they, they've gone off in the ambulance and everyone's saved and it's fine. But when they tested it, the audience said it was un American to not tie up the loose ends with this little boy. Like this little boy's just sort of left, his story's left dangling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then at great expense, Paramount got everybody back in to shoot the ending that the writers always wanted, which was that Sean Archer adopts Castor Troy's son Adam and heals his family.
3: But well, he gets a replacement kid.
4: He gets a replacement child. Mm. And with one look to Joan and he's like, is this all right? And she's like, yeah. Like, that's it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's... And we know
3: Jamie's happy with it because she does a full-on Maggie Grace run <laughs> straight at him. <laughs> yeah.
4: Daddy! It's really... Yeah. It's I, I, I,
3: I want more, though, from the my other half
5: showing up with...
4: <clears throat> a kid. <laughs> a new, uh,
5: uh, son. Yeah. <laughs> I want more. I think just the nod is not enough. I no. think there needs to be a conversation.
4: Mm. I would have said so, um, yeah. Legally,
5: I think there I, has to be a conversation. I do think it sets up an interesting sequel though. Yeah. Um, where this kid turns bad like mm. and wants revenge. That's yeah. a bad idea. Um
4: Well, I've got more on that later. Oh. Because <laughs> sort of. um,
3: he's quite messed up, this kid, I would say. No, I think I think a nod is fine seeing as John Travolta, Sean Archer, has basically just undergone a replacement face surgery. So he's clearly been in hospital. And Joan Allen Isn't waiting by his bedside Isn't no, even in the waiting room No She's doing a bit of typing
4: She doesn't even come and get him. <laughs> she's, she's
3: sitting at home Waiting like, for him to get back Why
5: weren't they at the hospital With him <laughs> Right um, He doesn't need the scar anymore Yeah Fine Why did he ask for the love handles back <laughs> 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 yeah. And also, I thought those love handles were going to be removed and they did never bit... They did say that. They said
4: we're going to keep, what's it, an abdominal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I
5: mean. No, or... the love handles are removed. And then when he gets turned back, he has uh, them put back on. Yeah. yeah. You'd
3: say, oh, keep them. Yeah. Wait, hang on, though. Because no, the love handle. They removed it's just the, love the face. Hand. So he. Because re- it's still when he's Nicholas Cage. They literally removed the love handles. They say it. Yeah, because it's. But they're removing the love handles on Sean Archer's body, which is Nicolas Cage. So remember that he's getting back the original body. John Travolta's. Wait. (laughs) Should we just do this? Should we just do (laughs) It works, though. It works because it's Sean Archer's body when he's cast to Troy. Yeah. When Sean Archer is cast to Troy. Yeah. And so they have actually taken off the love handles, but that's Nicolas Cage's body. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. No, I worked it out (laughs) in my head. (laughs) Yeah. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. Just move on. Yeah, no, that was right. We should have just moved on a while ago. (laughs) It's, it's upsetting me that we're still here I'm gonna so, everyone so why one, did he ask for the love handles back everyone has
5: one regret on uh, on a show this will be mine um, I had a couple of questions who do you think they would cast now good question in Face Off as the two people yeah who would you want do, do you
4: think do you want someone who's like manic crazy and like a dad
5: well I think that original one they were going to go with it would be Dwayne Johnson and John Cena maybe is, is mm. who they would do I, if they went the Arnie Stallone
3: way I think yeah. one of them you'd need an actor who I think you'd need an actor who's like just big with a role. So yeah. I think Tom Hardy for one of them. Definitely. <gasps> that's a good idea. I don't know who you'd put him with. Well, that's no good. That's like people who send us a <laughs> pairing and only do one film. Okay. 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 Uh, Tom Hardy with, with... Fastbender.
4: Oh, that's Ooh. not bad. Ooh, that's not bad. It. Yeah.
3: I can see that. Two
5: heavyweights. Yeah.
4: Yep. Who
5: have you got? Uh, I said Dwayne and Johnson wrong. and John Cena oh, so right, you just yeah, heard fine. me do that
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> uh, Any, what, you've got more to say haven't you
5: have you got have you got a, a pair I yep. can't think
4: that great. <laughs> I think what about a man
5: and a woman swapping
4: <laughs> yeah I mean there's lots of body swap comedies though so and then you know where a man suddenly. This wakes does up. have
5: the plot of that, right? A little bit similar to that Ryan
3: Reynolds one that he did with Jason Bateman.
4: Yeah. I Wait, think is that the up.
3: switch or is that the change up?
4: The change, uh, change up. up.
3: I get those two confused because uh, both of them are terrible. <laughs> the
4: trouble when you do a man and woman, all oh, you spend ages a man going, Oh, I've got boobs. It's like, <sighs>
3: mm. okay. Well, well they've love- got to be real. They've got to be realistic.
4: <laughs> the, yeah. I yeah. just don't know if you'd be that pleased. If you walk up with boobs, I don't think you'd be that impressed by it. Like, I just don't think you would.
5: And I also thought you could make this movie now for a lot less money because you could just stick their faces into deep fake? Oh. That would be it, wouldn't it? This $80 million movie would cost about a fiver.
4: <laughs>
3: Is that what it costs? Wouldn't it be good to do it with twins? <laughs> <Like if your laughs> twins swap faces, but they only like they knew that they'd swapped faces because everyone else... <laughs> Wait, no, that would be the same plot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I like the twins thing. That's interesting. <laughs>
3: If twins swap faces
4: If twins swap faces, the world's most unnecessary I'm sundry. just
5: looking
3: at budget here. I'm coming at it from a producer's they didn't angle.
5: Really swap and, it, their faces. and if they, if they took love handles out of one and put it in the other would you understand that, Alex? <laughs>
3: but why would they have them back though? Yeah.
5: And did I don't you de- know. and did you decide whose face you would want? Or actually if you can't answer that, who would you rather have Nicholas Cage or John Travolta's face? Nicolas Cage.
4: I think John Travolta is more classically handsome if that's what you're into but Nicolas Cage is just more fun. So Nicolas Cage. If he, if I if His right. face is more fun. <laughs> yeah.
5: John Travolta's face is really good I fun. suppose it's like
4: whose life do you want? I suppose I would No, want, whose face do you want? Well, I want Nicolas Cage's <laughs> life. His face gets me life. Forget like, oh, the life, wait. whose face do you want? Who's, John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. He's great looking guy. Yeah. You
3: got to think about whose You got to think about whose face <laughs> works with your hair. Because oh, we're not we're point. not including haircuts in this. Now, you, if you had John Travolta's face, you would look exactly like John Travolta yeah, in yeah. from Paris because, with Love, because he's bald, He's been bald for the last thirty yeah, years. Yeah, but with the beard that you've got from Allegedly. Paris with Love.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> of everything that's been said, that's what you're worried about. <laughs> Allegedly, uh, he, he he is very uh. litigious about his hair. <laughs> um, whereas you've got the you you've got the manic you've got that manic Nick Cage thing. I do. I honestly think if we did uh, if we spent some time with a face swap app. And, and swap faces. You would be the perfect Nick Cage,
4: oh, and you would be you. the perfect. All right, Travolta. you get
3: now. You get Nick Cage. You get Travolta. I get Joan Allen.
4: Yeah, Joan Allen's a good-looking woman.
3: Done. All right. <laughs> okay, good. that was all. Sorry, I don't know that she'd look great with a beard. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying she would look bad, but you know,
4: <laughs> maybe that's he's sweeping your hand over to make sure she hasn't got any stubble. <laughs> like, so you've been gone a week. Are you keeping up with the waxing?
3: Yeah, because we know what you get up to when I've been gone a week. <laughs> bang! 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 <laughs>
4: Uh, shall we do the bits? Yes. Chris, what was your best scene? Um,
5: it's a scene we didn't talk about, actually. Oh, um, so's mine. Uh, but when, uh, in the prison, when that door opens and Castor Troy has Sean Archer's face and they meet each other for the first time like that.
4: Oh, yeah. It's such,
5: and he says it's like looking in a mirror, only not. Like, Travolta's having such fun in yeah. that scene, messing with him. And it's, I think it's, A couple of minutes that show you what the film could have been if they'd spent more time together. Yeah, like I think the problem with this film is you don't get enough Cage and Travolta together in the movie. Yeah, there's about an hour and forty five minutes where they're not together on screen, and they are good together. So
4: yeah, I'm sorry I missed that out. I just I just sort of forgot about it because the reason I like it is because. Having just watched The Rock and Con Air, now you get to see Nick Cage like being a bit of a weasel because he's like sad mm. and crying, mm. and, and we haven't seen that he's in week, yeah, in the other two films, yeah. and that was such, so, such like so refreshing, mm. like, like, to but, see him like that.
3: And I think, it, but I think uh, doubly, I think I, I agree. It would be fun to see them on screen together a little more, but I don't think any moment of them on screen would be as powerful as that moment because it's all about. Mm like Nicolas Cage as Sean Archer realising what the fuck has happened while well, like, well, he's yeah. been in prison because he expects to be going home at that point. Well, I, yeah. think, what,
5: I think what you'd have is, is something would happen where they'd have to work together. And I think that would be the fun and interesting thing mm. to see these two have to team up even though they hate each other.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine that. He killed his son. I can't mm. see them ever working together. It's a real that's, it's just that's, a real hatred That's there. good
5: writing, though. You'd figure out a way. Okay. To save his wife's life, to save his daughter's life, he needs to work with him. And and um, yeah. Yeah.
3: But I think Castor Troy, is, like, the whole character is, the, the, he cares about nothing at all apart from Pollux Troy. And once Pollux Troy's dead, it's like, there's, there's nothing. that I don't think you could be convinced. I don't think, because he doesn't even care about his own son, Adam, or his ex-girlfriend, Gina. Yeah. You'd, you'd find a way to write this, Alex. That's <clears> what you, good writers you do. You would. God damn it. And I will. Do
4: it. What was your best scene?
3: My best scene, uh, we didn't talk about it either, but it's um, and <laughs> it's a very me moment, uh, which is quite simply when Nicolas Cage in slow motion gets out of the car on the runway and the wind catches the robes that he's wearing <laughs> yeah. and they float up behind him. I remember as a kid going, That might be the single most awesome thing I've ever seen incredible. in a movie ever. I was just like, Oh my god. That's so cool. When you see those and then guns. got gold yeah. guns. Yeah, and he's have got they the got dragons guns. on them or something? So yeah. Gonna, it was this it was it's just beautiful. Just beautiful.
4: Uh mine is a shootout with somewhere over the rainbow, mirrors, and then a brother and sister get off with each other because why not? Like in this film, why not? Um most valuable whatever, Chris. Um it's, I've written I'm looking so at what I'm I've written in, down. I'm
3: interested. Are you going Travolta or Cage? Yeah, I've written down
5: John Travolta. Have you? Um whether or not Cage is playing himself in some of those scenes like all the way through I mean Cage is doing Cage whereas Travolta's you're not used to seeing Travolta do stuff like this. Mm. And I think that's what makes it special because you see Cage doing stuff like this all the time. And also Travolta's face looks really
3: weird sometimes when he's doing Cage, which... Do you think so? I think, I honestly think his performance in this isn't a million miles from when he's the villain in Broken Arrow. I think there were a lot, a lot of similar ticks and a lot of similar sort of villainous things that yeah, maybe he does you're right. in both films.
5: Maybe you're right. I guess I'm thinking of every other film he's yeah. ever done, which is where you're used to seeing him laid back and cool. Yeah, that's what he does, and so it's fun to watch him really go for it. But if he did
3: it in Broken Arrow, I'm sorry, I've picked on Travolta, Alex. Don't <coughs> berate me. I'm I'm, I'm really not I but he does do it in Broken Arrow. What about you, Cage? <laughs> just Cage. I I just you know watch. I've, to, I've told you watching these three movies uh, in a row. I, it's just I mean I love him anyway, and like I love the fact he does. You know, yes, he made, he's made a lot of shit uh, for a, a long time, but you look at this, and then you look at some of the more exciting stuff he's done like Mandy recently. And you just sort of go, fuck, when he's into something. And even when he's not into something, But I mean, fucking Season of the Witch. I'm like, fucking Cage! He's so good! Like, he can make me watch a movie that I would have no interest in watching just to see what the fuck he does with it. So it's Cage.
4: I agree with that. So, yeah, for me, finally, after these three films having not picked him, I'm going to finally pick Nicolas Cage. Because John Travolta is great as well. But because... Uh, John Travolta doesn't get to have the good time because he has to play. He has to be Sean Archer, so he has to like you know be the family man. Although he doesn't have to, he could just go off and do anything with his new face. Um, But Nicolas Cage goes, you know, he's sad and he's crying and he has that fuller range of emotions. And the self, like as an actor, he's such a mystery to me. He's so interesting. Like, does he know what he is or does he not? Like, has he? But if you can do gradients of yourself and kind of spoof yourself back to the audience. Mm. The self-awareness you have, to me, is astonishing. To be able to parcel off bits of your personality. And
3: unusual for an actor of that stature to be able to be that self-deprecating and make fun of yourself.
4: Yeah, Mm. so definitely uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, And if you could change one thing, Alex, what would you change?
3: Well, I'm going to have the bit that I said earlier about actually choosing to drop the guy because he wanted to save his family in the prison. But the original one I had is... um, the whole uh, just uh, the daughter scene where he comes in <laughs> and he borrows a cigarette from his daughter Jamie. Uh, is it Jamie? I think it is. Or they Jamie. make a joke
4: about it. It is Jamie, but he calls her Janie, and yeah. she's like, "What? <laughs> you got my name <laughs> wrong."
3: <laughs> and just uh, it was. Uh, I think it's. I, I think it's because she's in her underwear as well. There's mm. something really sort of that father daughter relationship, and the, it's probably actually quite a good scene, but because it really fucks with your perception of that relationship but it made me feel a bit uncomfortable at the
4: time yeah what about you
3: I think um, you turn this into a really
5: tight 90 minutes by removing just some of the slow motion (laughs) Um, I know it's a John Woo trademark not all of it but I think we can shave about an hour hour and 20 off this if you just get rid of some of it
4: Um, my change is So Caster Troy doesn't know he has a son because Gina Gershon tells who she thinks is Caster Troy in that fun line where he puts on the clothes and he says, these are nice clothes. And she says, of course they are. They're yours. That's a cute kid. Of course he is. He's yours. And the way she says it, I don't think she told him that before. So mm-hmm. when Sean Archer kills Caster Troy and he's harpooned him to the wall, as he's lying there dying, he says to him, you have a son and I am going to steal him and I'm going to erase you from his history and he will never know that you existed and I'm going to change his name and he's going to be my son and I'm going to make sure there is never someone like you in this world ever again and now you're dead. Because to a man like Castor Troy, that's the worst possible thing, that you had a lineage... Yeah. And it's gone and now it's become your enemy. But I thought he enemies. didn't care
3: about his son, or does he not know
5: about his son? I don't think
4: he knows does, about him. He doesn't
3: know about his son, but I, all, I, I, I half agree with you. The other half of me is like that makes Travolta, Sean Archer a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes him nasty. Yeah. Like it's so vicious. It's an
4: awful thing to say to someone. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's it's almost strangely, even though this man has killed his son, it feels too far over the line for those to be the last words that you hear.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, that's proper <laughs> revenge. That's actual revenge.
3: Yeah. It would be too much for me. I'm all <laughs> like, I'm all like, shoving my popcorn down, going, whoa, it's the end of the movie. The bad guy's tried to chop his face off by and he's dead. <laughs> all right. That is it. That's it. Hell of a week. Started with The Rock. Then we flew on Connor. Now we've just had our faces off. <laughs> it's time for the verdict. You want answers?
2: I think I'm entitled. You to. want answers? I want the truth!
3: Right. Um, uh, oh, it could we could each go for different movies. This could be a draw. I know you've come up with a way to solve that. Should that be the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll start by simply saying this has been um, uh, one of the toughest weeks for me because I love each of these movies a hell of a lot in different ways. Who would like to go first. Well I like that you start with a little speech this mm. feels like it's getting
5: serious <laughs> I, honestly, I'm yeah. going to sit up. I, I
4: think feel... he's going to reposition I... himself as the hero <laughs> <laughs> This not... is my film I'm hoping he's
3: going to cry And when I kill you, I'm going <laughs> to take your kids and I'm going to erase you from history <laughs> I... Uh, I'm just, I'm really, it's a big week for me. I think this is a really important call to make in the history and the okay. legacy well, of I, I Clash of the Titans. I going first
4: because it wasn't even a thing for me. Right, okay, really well easy. then
3: you should go first.
4: All right, so I'm going to pick Face Off just to get that out of the way and I'm going to okay. tell you for why. Um, even though no one heard the pitch because the writers were too nervous of being laughed at. <laughs> like, imagine the pitch! And then the film delivers on the promise of the premise times a million because of the actor's So, I love the fact that they thought it wasn't going to work and it, you know, it more than worked. And the other two films, The Rock, for me, the lead character of Stanley is too inconsistent. He's like this, he's this guy that does everything. He's a hero, but then he's like, I drive a beige Volvo. And I'm just not buying that. And in Con Air, I called Meany at some point he's like we, why don't we blow up the plane and I was like yeah why don't you blow up the fucking plane <laughs> Like, there needs to be hostages or it's got a bomb on it or it's got so, just another reason why you don't shoot it out of the sky and, and,
3: and not let um, the entire tourist City, population Las of Las Vegas yeah. be annihilated yeah, yeah by so a crashing plane Yeah,
4: for that reason it's his face off
3: one for face off do you want to go f- next Alex yeah Sure, I'll go next. Um, so I'll just uh, I'll do them in a reverse order. Uh, so uh, my third-placed movie of the three, and it's largely down to not really loving the look uh, or performance of Nicolas Cage in it as much as the other two is Con Air. That's at number three. So rather than just say number two, because I'll reveal the winner, I'll just tell you uh, that it's very close between Face Off and mm-hmm. The Rock. Um, I really, really enjoy Face Off. Um I think, you know, the whole concept is just the right side of insanity uh, to get on board with. And the two of them sparring Travolta Cage. Wonderful. And The Rock, on the other hand, um, is uh, just one of those movies that gives me goosebumps and emotional like joy every time I watch it. And I think it's spectacular. And I'm picking The Rock because it is definitely, in my opinion, but I hope in a lot of people's opinion, the best movie of these three. I think it's it's head and shoulders above Conair and it's certainly just head above <laughs> Face Off. I love The Rock so much. It's The Rock. Pause for effect.
5: Well, I think the disregard for human life is remarkable in all three of these films. Um, but there was times where I felt like I was watching three two-hour trailers and <laughs> and I don't think any of them... I don't like any of them as much as I did at the time. At the time... Face Off was my favourite. Last time I visited them all, Con Air was my favourite. And watching it, this, just having this conversation with with you guys, like Vicky, I think Con Air might be more progressive than I'd realised based on what you said with that Sally Can't Dance character. So I've got to give it credit there. But one film felt like the director was trying to make art rather than just explosions and featured actual women characters and a brilliant Nick Cage performance for the first half hour. So for me, it's got to be Face Off.
4: Yeah. Holy shit.
3: Really, followed by Conair and then The Rock.
4: I oh, see. I would have. I'd face off The Rock, Conair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: Conair is the weakest. But I'm again. I am. I don't like The Rock. I feel like I've been blindsided here because I have walked in today and I, I. I remember at the start when we were standing outside. I was like, I think we're probably all going to go for the same movie. I was so convinced that The Rock is genuinely of these three films, th- just the best film I in every gonna, way. I was going to get onto almost auteur theory,
5: where it feels like Face Off is made by an auteur, a guy yeah. with a real overarching vision where I feel like Michael Bay could have directed Con Air and Simon West could have directed The Rock I really do I think you've got I think it's just something magical there's some magic mm. about Face Off that I don't see before, in the other but two but that's
3: start- the idea I think that's the right it's like John Woo like I mean, granted, at the time it looked more special than it does now, and the action in it for 1997 was like mind-blowing. This, this like double guns, slow-mo doves, and we'd never seen that before, really, apart from a little bit in Broken Arrow, or I hadn't anyway. And I, I, I it to me, it looks dated. Uh, whereas The Rock now looks as good as like a movie that could come out tomorrow. Like this, it, like it hasn't aged, and yet still it lost, mm. and
4: still, yeah.
3: Oh yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm just trying to process
4: I wish, wait, I'm, wait, wait, talking, wait.
3: I'm talking through my
5: process if, we, if, we'd, if we'd gone to a tie break um, I got in touch with a friend of mine Greg McLennan who I consider to be the biggest Nicolas Cage film on the planet fan for the last sorry yeah uh, <laughs> for the last few years he organised a film festival called Caged where it would be all Nicolas Cage all weekend Wow. and he did that up until 2017 when Nicolas Cage actually showed up at the festival wow <gasps> And because of that, he'd invited him every year, but he'd never come. And because of that, he said, we can't do it again. It's, it's finished. Nick Cage came, did a Q&A, watched some films with them, and then got on stage and read Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart from start <laughs> to finish for the audience. That's
2: so brilliant. <laughs> wow.
5: So uh, I asked Greg. Which one's the best? I thought, he if anyone's going to know, it's him. And he, he I said, which one's the out, the out of these three? And he wrote back and said, is your podcast called Sophie's Choice? <laughs> <laughs> um, he went with Face Off. Wow. Yeah, he said that The Rock might be a better film, but he said the the, the, the better Cage film is Face Off and his personal favourite is Face Off. And so that's the direction he went in.
3: I mean, that throws, you know... Um, No pun intended, a cat amongst the pigeons, Mm. uh, because I'd agree. I think when you said it in your verdict, I do think the first 15 minutes of Cage in Face Off is the best cage of all three films. But after... Cool, you can he's, change, he's, change. Change, I'm you change. i You're sorry, allowed I'm, to. We will let you this week. I, I, so it's, it's three, it's four actually <laughs> for Face Off this not, week. It's not, I'm sitting here in my little Michael Bay-shaped <laughs> cocoon. <laughs> but it's the rock for me. But fair enough, Face Off is the winner. This week there will be a poll on Twitter where you can... <laughs> <He's> so <laughs> Dash for poll. <laughs> these pathetic little victories. It, it, what's the problem? We run a poll for exactly the reason where our dear listeners get the right to? Oh, you got it wrong because the poll. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think Such the poll. A baby. I just think the poll is going to have something to say about this result because The Rock is the better film. All right, uh, we are done. Uh, very exciting though. You already know the movies uh, for next week. It's a big week. Uh, Chris is going to be going through Sunshine, and I am going to be talking through Event Horizon. Uh, thank you again. Uh, for the people who sent those in, you will get a mention on next week's show as a way of showing our gratitude. Um, right then, uh, shall we go? I'm uh, going to go uh, in it for 10 hours and we can't even get to the pub now. Oh, I'm going to cry. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe to us, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify or other. followers at ClashPod on Twitter, at ClashPod on Instagram. The Rock is still the best. Love you. Bye. <laughs>
5: Pathetic.
4: <laughs>
1: This was a Stakano production and part of the Acast Creative network.
0: Hold up.